I'm author and critic David Agronoff. I'm a horror and science fiction author, critic, and researcher. In this podcast, I wanted to provide in-depth interviews and panel discussions with everyone from New York Times bestselling authors to researchers, musicians, and anyone I find interesting. Welcome to Postcards from a Dying World. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Postcards from a Dying World. Uh, So this is going to be content that you would normally find on my other podcast, the Dickheads podcast, uh, because I'm going to be talking about Phil K. Dick. Um, But I kind of just did this one on a whim. uh, So it's easier for me to put it up in my feed um, directly. But um, there's good stuff going on um, coming up soon. We haven't done a Dickheads episode in a long time, but we're going to be doing the Divine Invasion episode soon. And we're going to have some big announcements about how we're going to be able to close out the Dickheads podcast a little bit uh, faster than our progress has been. We have some changes coming, uh, but I think you're going to like um, what's going on. So look for that. So if you haven't already subscribed to the Dickheads podcast YouTube channel or over on SoundCloud, those are the two best places to find uh, more Philip K. Dick content. If this is the first time you've seen me commenting on Philip K. Dick, we do a whole podcast over there. We have five years of episodes that we've done about Philip K. Dick and lots of information. But this particular episode was inspired by a conversation that I saw going on on Facebook the last couple of days about technology that Philip that we're seeing in the real world that Philip K. Dick wrote about in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, before his death in 1982. So these are 10 weird technologies that PKD predicted. Um, they're, you know, not one-to-one because a lot of his versions of it are much weirder. But let's start off with uh, an easy one. Um, in the late or in the mid fifties, I think 1956, Philip K. Dick put out a novel called The Man Who Japed. And there was a technology called the getabout. And the getabout was a steam powered car. And that's because uh, in the futuristic society that he was imagining the man who japed of oil was not available. Uh, The man who japed is very much um, kind of a satire of communist China. Um, And we're gonna talk about the man who japed for one of the other technologies coming up a little bit later. But uh, the get about, even though it's steam powered and not electric like we have, you know, but these alternate uh, forms of um, uh, cars that are not run by internal combustion is kind of what uh, I saw the get about as being predictive of. So that's your first one, the get about from the man who japed. So the next one that I'm going to talk about is 3D printers. And uh, but in PKD, the 3D printers were generally living creatures. But what they did, you know, is is exactly 3D printing. They printed objects and items. The uh, creatures uh, were called billetongs in um, uh, one short story and in one novel. There was... um, a living creature that printed money in the three stigmata of Palmer Eldridge. 
but the Billetong first appeared in the 1954 short story, Pay the Printer. And there's an exact quote that I have here. Why bother learning to make things when the Billetong will happily copy them for you? And the um, so Pay the Printer was a short story that was collected in the preserving machine and in uh, volume three of the best of PKD short stories. Um, but the novel that it that Billetong appeared in was Now Wait for the Last Year. And this was the main um, thing that produced the items for the Tijuana Fur and Dye Company, which is the, um, the uh, company just south of the border here in San Diego that the main characters in the story were, were using to produce all their products was a living creature who basically was 3D printing. So that that's, um, you know, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty thoughtful looking for the idea that something could just print out entire products. Um, so the next one that I have is uh, Elon Musk's idea of the Hyperloop. Um, and this was in... Uh, he had something called the shuttle tube in a outline for not for a juvenile novel that Philip K. Dick ended up not writing, but he wrote the outline in 1962 and he twice mentions the shuttle tube uh, for transportation. And that one's going to be hard for you to find because um, it's not published. I got it at the Fullerton archive, but I wrote about it in my upcoming book, unfinished PKD um, so you'll be able to read about it in unfinished PKD whenever I finish that, but I'm 55,000 words into it. So we'll be done pretty soon and hopefully we'll have information on where that book's going to be published. But, um, I did think that the shuttle tube sounded an awful like Elon Musk, uh, hyperlink or hyperloop, whatever it was called. I'm sure he abandoned it as soon as he was able to uh, stop California from making the high-speed rail. So, boo. Yeah, we want high-speed rail in California. So, one of the sad realities of modern warfare is that we have um, uh, political and um, war assassinations and war by drone. And that's something that Philip K. Dick imagined in... Uh, a book that he wrote in 1962 originally it wasn't published until the 70s called we could build you and his um those were called and and this is very hard to pronounce encephalotropic floating anti-personnel mines um but in we can build you uh this was um you know basically drone warfare and um you know, here uh, and this next one, I'm going to get a little political. So, uh, you know, not everyone's going to appreciate what I have to say about this. But there was a um, a technology that Philip K. Dick um, talked about uh, in originally in a short story called Service Call, and then eventually used this technology uh, to great effect in the novel The Penultimate Truth, and this is called the Swibble. And it's a device that's meant to control the politically correct behavior of citizens. And when, if you're wondering, like, well, do we have that? Well, I tend to think that um, when you look at the way um, the MAGA movement was kind of uh, cajoled into even, you know, lead, you know, all these people went and led an insurrection. There was a woman 
Ashley Babbitt, who lived um, right here in my neighborhood in San Diego, who died because she believed all the misinformation about the election. Now, over 60 judges, including Trump um, appointed judges, found that there was no election interference, but the behavior of you know, the, the MAGA people in red hats was pretty much controlled by the way that information was disseminated and they ended up, you know, committing crimes um, all because of how their politics and political behavior was swayed and controlled. Now, is Fox News exactly a swivel? Uh, no. And the way that uh, the political movements on the right were controlled are not direct one-to-one -one, like, hey, we're dialing up a certain behavior that should be used. Now, in the story... Um, service call repairman uh, from the future is just surprised to see that somebody has a, a swivel free home. And if you have somebody who, you know, I, that made me think of somebody who doesn't watch mainstream media, doesn't have any idea what the right or the left are trying to kind of manipulate uh, the population to um, kind of uh, an independent thing. Now, I personally believe the problem is worse on the right, but I'm a lefty. So, um, you know, but if you look at the way that the media manipulated and uh, the former uh, president um, manipulated people into sedition and then, by the way, left them um, to, dry, you know, out to dry uh, in the court cases, he raised a bunch of money for his legal defense and didn't help any of those people from the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys. And it's pretty obvious to see that they were politically manipulated into the situation. And so uh, I know uh, some of you are really not going to hear like to hear that. But um, I think the swivel from the penultimate truth and service call is, uh, you know, very similar in, in effect to what the swivel was, um, you know, just like controlling political behavior. So uh, next I have uh, 3D pictures. So in the novel that was written in 1970 and released in 74, uh, Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said, there's a line about uh, 3D pictures. And I think the exact line is, I have it here, um, these 3D animeds um, they want on military service papers, they cost me $1,000. So, you know, 3D pictures that were like used on IDs, um, uh, specifically in military, but the idea of 3D pictures, which, you know, we see all the time now that you can like turn your pictures on Facebook into, you know, 3D pictures that kind of look that way. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's just another thing that he talked about. So uh, the next thing is a little more uh, kind of amorphous, but uh I, I uh, was thinking about um, phone Googling and Siri. So like if you go, hey, Siri, who is Philip K. Dick? And then, you know, my phone comes up with the Wikipedia page on, um, you know, who Philip K. Dick was. But, you know, a lot of people, I have an old iPhone, but some people will just say, hey, Siri, who's Philip K. Dick? And then, you know, or... And, and then the little like glowing light in the side of the room. Hey, Siri, turn on my lights. Hey, Siri, do this. Um, but in the 19, the novel written in November of 1967, 
and didn't come out, I believe, till 69, Galactic Popular, which is one of my all-time favorite PKD novels. Uh, there's some really great technology, and there's a scene where uh, the main character um, calls the encyclopedia on his phone to get all the information that he needs. And it's just basically using his phone to look up information. But he has him uh, calling in to... Um, <laughs> to the encyclopedia over the phone but that's basically the same thing as looking up information on your phone how many times do we do it grab our phone let me look up that information and um you know there's a the scene it's on page 24 and 25 of galactic popular where uh he consults the phone for some information about sirius 5 the planet that he's going to get this job on and uh you know I, I just thought that was very similar um and one of the outlines for a novel called um, The Name of the Game is Death that he didn't write that I wrote about in Unfinished PKD. There's a, there's a whole um, uh, thing about, um, you know, uh, that's very similar to the swipe right, swipe left dating that he did in the, the outline for that. But we'll come back to that because, um, well, that is next, actually. Uh, phone sex lines and internet porn. Um Basically, Phil wrote about this in um, his 1970 novel, Flow My Tears. I mean, he wrote it in 1970. It came out in 74. And in Flow My Tears, the policeman said there's um, a part on page 153. And I actually have to read from it because it's too long. I didn't want to type it into my notes. Um, and he's talking about the grid, which is um, um, a phone-based internet that exists in this book. And by the way, John Shirley, who... Um, I'm doing a book tour with here soon. Uh, John Shirley in the early 80s wrote a science fiction novel uh, trilogy called The Song Called Youth Eclipse Books. And there's an internet, a proto-internet in that called The Grid as well. Um, but anyways, uh, The Grid, uh, Ayla said, um, you don't know about the police, the, about the phone grid? No, he admitted, but he had never heard of it. Your everybody's sexual aspects are linked electronically and amplified to as much as you can endure. It's addictive because it's electronically enhanced. People, some of them get so deep into it, they can't pull out. Their whole lives revolve around the weekly or hell, even daily setting up of network, setting up of the network of phone lines. It's regular picture phones you can activate by credit card. So it's free at the time you do it and the sponsors bill you once a month. And if you don't, they cut off your phone, cut your phone off the grid. So here's the thing. There, there was a time in the uh, 80s and 90s when you could uh, call phone lines for phone sex. And now you have uh, only, only fans and you have, um, you know, what are called chat girls. And you have all this kind of internet, uh, like, I don't know much about it. I'm married and kind of square, but, um, but a lot of these things that he was talking about and flow my tears are things that have, um, come true. And, you know, he was writing about it, uh, at the time, which, uh, you know, is really ahead of the time. So the next real life technology that, uh, I think Phil predicted not once, but twice, um, is the CCTV cameras um, and facial recognition. Now, um, England's been known for using the CCTV security cameras. Lots of nations around the world use them, but China 
uses um you know can't has cameras everywhere and facial recognition software that you know basically keeps their population in line which by the way uh philip k dick wrote about in his 1956 novel um i believe it was 56 was either 55 or 56 the man who japed and the man who japed is exactly a satire of communist china um in the 50s and what philip k dick saw as um you know where communist china was going to go and there's a technology in that book called the juveniles and the juveniles watch over all the people monitors all the people and reports their behavior to the more wreck which is like the uh, neighborhood uh, moral uh, reclamation council so they like oversee the morals of the neighborhood and then they have regular meetings to make sure that p- people in the neighborhoods are following um these uh, uh morality rules the man who japed is kind of a lost philip k dick book it's not considered one of the classics but dude it is great uh the man who japed is highly underrated and um you know, he was on to something talking about, he obviously foresaw a lot of what China was doing. Now, Phil returned to these themes again in uh, a book he wrote in the late 60s called Our Friends from Frolics 8. Um, Our Friends from Frolics 8. And there's, um, it's not considered one of Phil's best, but I, I like this book a lot. And there's a really, really creepy um, uh really underrated scene um on um and it's on page 110 and 111 of the um mariner edition and uh it's a scene where one of the characters gets a glimpse into what's called the peep peep room and this is like basically the uh control center for what would be the cctv uh security and camera system and this you know, he gets to, you know, to see like all the people uh, of of the earth, like kind of in this fishbowl, like look in this room full of TVs. And it's a it's a really creepy scene. And um, I just wanted to put that out there that that's a, you know, a really uh, great time that he dealt with um, these issues of CTV and facial recognition. So there's certain terms that you hear over and over and over again in Philip K. Dick's books. If you read them all the time, like CONAP for uh, the kind of combination condominium and apartment or, um, you know, uh, but one of the other ones is a homeopape. And a homeopape is um, the futuristic uh, newspaper in Philip K. Dick land. And what it really um you know, he gets a lot of things wrong with about how we do news these days. But one thing he got right is how um, the algorithm on the Internet kind of feeds us the news we want to see. Now, he uses homeopapes in practically everything. So like almost every book that you read there um, that's set in the future, there's homeopapes. But the best kind of explanation of how a homeopape works is in Ubik. And it's on pages 18 through 20. And, um, but what the homeopath, how it works in Ubik is you rent um, a home, a homeopath machine, you put a, a coin in and it spits out the news it thinks you want 
um, to be exposed to. Like what, you know, it it's learned what kind of news you like. And so one of the characters in, in Ubik basically says like, oh, that's just a bunch of gossip. When he gets that the headline, the you know, the headlines when the news when the homeopath spits out the news, and his friend says, Well, why don't you set the dial for low gossip? So you can, you know, set the dial for, you know, I guess less gossipy news. And um, if you want like happy news or sad news, you can do that. And one of the things about the way that we get news today is that a lot of times we get it through our social media platforms, through Facebook and Twitter, and the algorithm kind of feeds us like, you know, especially like for me on, on YouTube, like if there's uh, a new Metallica song, like, uh, you know, YouTube knows I want, I want to hear it. Um, and so, you know, or uh, especially new Earth Crisis stuff, like always ends up in my feed every time they play a show and somebody shoots a cell phone video uh, because I've watched so many Earth Crisis videos, they they all they all come to me instantly. And because I watch, like for example, a lot of commentary by the Young Turks, like pretty much every time um, they put out a new video, um, it, you know, it, it comes to me. And so uh, that's kind of how the homeopath works. And you know, he nailed that in uh, 1966 when he turned in um, Ubik. I know it didn't come out for a couple of years, but I always think of books about when they were written, not when they were released when it comes to Phil K. Dick. Um, and then uh, the big one, the number one is chat GPT. And uh, in the penultimate truth, in the very first chapter of the book um, is uh, a scene where a character is using a device to write a speech for him. Uh, for the president called it, it's uh, and I have a hard time saying this it's like rhetoric the rhetorizer rhetorizer I don't know how to say it uh, anyways but that's basically chat GPT learning how to write the speech for him and uh, that was kind of the device that started this conversation on Facebook where we were talking about um, you know, times where he nailed it. And if you read that first chapter of Penultimate Truth, it really nails like kind of the issues that we have going on with ChatGPT and this character who's uh, writing a speech through um, artificial intelligence. And um, there's also uh, in the Divine Invasion, there's um, uh, an AI system that they call the Big Noodle, which I think is very funny. Um, a lot of people just like refer to it as the big noodle in the book, which I thought was hilarious. So now there's lots of technology that he talks about that I kind of want to give honorable mentions to because they haven't happened yet. And, you know, we never got the rapid hover, um, the rapid hover blimps that Phil was talking about in uh, Galactic Pot Healer, um, you know, and that book has all kinds of funny stuff like the guy, the main character lives in Cleveland. And his apartment building has a giant 3D uh, projection of the coastline of California on the building next to it. So it so when you look out your window, it looks like you're looking at the ocean, um, which is great. And he also has a mood stabilizing bed. He has basically a smart bed. It keeps track of his weight. It, um, it has a dream projector projector that has a, a lever it also has a sex lever for i guess um uh helping um out with uh that stuff and uh 
you know, and then one thing, uh, one piece of advice the main character gives is never argue with an angry bed. So that's uh, Galactic Popular. And this one's hard to say, but um, in Scanner Darkly, there's a cephalochromoscope, which basically functions the same as the mood organ from We Can Build You and um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is a device where you can dial how you want to feel and it will automatically make you feel that way, which, um, and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep leads to, uh, there's a, a really funny scene where Deckard and his wife are arguing and he gets mad because she keeps setting it for angrier. Like she does it on purpose, like during their argument, which I know would be, um, I, I think a particular fear of Phil's. Um, and then uh, in the penultimate truth, there's a, a flapple fruit fly car, which is another one that John Shirley did in his um, second novel, Transmaniacon. He had a, a, a fly car, um, um, which was really cool. And uh, but uh, and then in the simulacra, there's uh, Looney Luke's discount spaceships. Um, we don't have discount spaceships yet. And we really wish we did. But uh, anyway, so those are uh, technologies that Phil K. Dick got, right? So here's the thing. I only did, I only thought about this for a little bit. So if I did a little bit more intense research, uh, maybe would have thought of some other ones. I mean, there's hundreds more. So what did I miss? Uh, put in the comments down below. So you can like, subscribe, uh, like this video, subscribe to my channel. Also subscribe to Dickheads. And if you're new to my Philip K. Dick content, go to the Dickheads YouTube page and you'll find episodes. I'm particularly proud of um, the episode on Scanner Darkly. And I mentioned John Shirley twice and he was on that episode with us uh, for Scanner Darkly. Um, Three Stigmata episodes, really good. Um, uh, Eye in the Sky, very good episode. I feel really, real proud of. Um, but um, you're kind of going on a journey with me if you go back through that, because I didn't, uh, you know, I've been learning Philip K. Dick as we do this. So anyways, cool stuff. So uh, as we like to say, the Dickheads podcast, keep it paranoid, stay paranoid.